Professional wrestling, like real life, is full of surprises. Hi everyone, it's Freddie Prinze Jr. And it's no surprise I can talk wrestling all day, any day. Kind of like how State Farm agents can talk insurance and help you choose the right coverage. When it comes to important insurance decisions, let State Farm support you with the coverage you need backed with 24-7 support. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Hay dos cosas que son absolutamente ciertas. Abuelita te ama y nunca diría que no a McDonald's. Date un gusto con un Grandma McFlurry en tu orden hoy. Es lo que abuela quisiera. Barapapapa. En McDonald's Participantes por Tiempo Limitado. Michael Saban, at 13, while still in middle school. Uh, was busy teaching himself everything he could about coding and developing apps uh, through YouTube and tutorials on, on Google searches because there really weren't any computer classes to support his interest in his prep school uh, during that time. By the age of 17, he had developed and launched a million-dollar gaming app called Four Snaps. But that great, the Great uh, Economic Recession uh, was in full swing, and both his parents lost their jobs, unfortunately, then uh, foreclosed on their, on their home. Yep. Tough time. Not knowing how they'd uh, afford food or electricity, they suggested moving back to Peru, their native Peru, where his mother, Cristina, would have some family support to help fam the family through this the difficult time that they were going through at that moment. But Michael had other ideas. Seeing the money trickling in from his downloads on his first app, he offered to pay for uh, everything if they stayed in Miami. La familia se queda aquí. Let's keep the, cat, the family here and I'll pay, I'll pay the bills, <laughs> mom and dad. Upon graduation, he was hired by Mark Zuckerberg himself as the company's teen in residence, making him the youngest employee at the company and being mentored by Mark Zuckerberg himself. Three years later, he was scouted by Google and uh, more recently returned to his first love, gaming, by joining Roblox. A lot of parents said, what? <laughs> Forbes magazine has listed Michael uh, amongst the 30 under 30. He also uh, is considered the most influential Latino in Silicon Valley. And now at his seasoned 25 <laughs> years of age, he has published his very first book. It's called App Kid, How a Child of Immigrants Grabbed a Piece of the American Dream, where he shares his personal story. Uh his out-of-the-box thinking, <laughs> his coming-out journey, and ultimately how you can't be successful waiting on other, other people's actions. This is Hola, My Name Is with Michael Saman, the app kid. Hola, my name is. Hola, my name is. Hola, my name is. My name is. My name is. My name is. Hola, my name is Michael Saman. My brother, welcome. Nice Thank to finally you. meet Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's uh, quite an introduction. <laughs> I want to make sure I got it all, all, all in there. You, uh, buddy, in 25 years, you've come a long way. Uh, I, it seems like it. I, I can't believe it. Most of it just seems like a movie playing in my head. Really? Something like it just that, feels like it's not real? It's not yeah, happening? Yeah, pretty you much pinch just yourself? Feels, yeah, sometimes I gotta pinch myself. Sometimes I, I really don't. <laughs> sometimes I'm like, no, I'm just gonna keep playing the movie on autopilot and let's just see where it goes. So you, know? you never thought when you were you know, developing apps in, 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 in high school, searching stuff on YouTube, trying to, you know, ed educate <laughs> yourself that you'd be where you are right now at 25. Well, no, definitely not. I mean, okay. I started making these apps when I was 13 and I definitely knew that things were different when I started earning revenue from this. I think I, I had a bit of a moment where I kind of realized things were different when I walked into my uh, eighth grade science class and I told my teacher about uh, how much money I was earning on my apps that I had just started uh, releasing. And I remember telling him this and, and he was like, that's more money than I make. And the moment he told me that, and I was in class right before the class started, I like go back down to sit in my desk uh, with all the other kids in middle school. And I'm just thinking like, okay, maybe this is a little different. <laughs> like, I was a like, little. maybe this is going to change something, right? And, and so I think there were moments like that for sure. And then after when I started getting more uh, media attention and I started doing interviews and, and going to South America and, and doing some conferences and stuff like that, it definitely felt like two lives. I felt like I was living this, um, I guess, like 
successful tech career on one end. And then I'd go back home to my house and I just felt like any other kid. Did you feel out of place uh, in school? In school, for sure. Oh, my gosh. Like, I think everyone just called me like app kid or whatever because they didn't know who I was, but they knew about me. Um, there were cameras that would come into the school and film me when I was doing, you know, just trying to live a normal life. And I remember seeing my teachers would like wear makeup on the day that like they'd come to film me and like <laughs> all the other kids. Up, like, really? Yeah. And like the kids would come up to me and they'd hug me and they'd be like, oh, yeah, Michael's the best. And like. I didn't know who the hell they were. Like they'd come up to me whenever the cameras Just for were the cameras. On. Yeah, yeah. And it was, I mean, it was really weird. Sounds like life today. Well. <laughs> Nothing's changed. It doesn't change. You know, those things, I, I'm glad I learned them at a young age. For How sure. was it at home? Your parents oh my seeing gosh. Uh, that, they're, that there's, so nobody in your family, first of all, is like techie or. No, not this really. Is, this is my, all, who yeah. inspired this? What, what tickled your mind to say, this is what I like? I think like, since I was a kid, I always was fascinated by I don't know, like computers in general. I loved uh, watching like the iPod commercials when I was a kid with all the colors and the things. And I was like, oh, this is sick. Like I want an iPod. And my parents were like, you don't need that. And I was like, yeah, I do. And uh, my dad was like a Windows guy. So he'd always say, oh, don't get a Mac. Like they're incompatible with everything. And and I was like, no, I, I think it'll work. Like I really want one. And so, so I've always been obsessed with it. My parents... Um, we're kind of tired of answering my questions because I was a very curious kid and I'd ask them pretty much everything. I'd be like, oh, um, you know, why is the sky blue? Why is this like this? Why is that like that? And they'd be like, Michael, no sé. Like, they're just like, whatever. <laughs> like, mira, es que here. And they buy me like this encyclopedia and they're just like, just use this. Like, would this you read it? Useful. No, not at all. No? I, no, because what I realized was my parents had a family computer, a Dell, that was like this beige, big box computer at the house. And they bought me like the CD Encarta Encyclopedia from like 2006. And I put it in the computer and I'm like trying to look up how to make a website. I'm trying to look up how to do these things. And I realized the CD doesn't update itself. So the information on it is not accurate. So I started going on Google uh, and using that to learn whatever I wanted. And my parents were like, well, what about the encyclopedia? I was like, that's not useful. Like Google's much better for this. So I grew up always just used to Googling things and looking things up on my own. And, and that's kind of how I discovered making apps and doing my own thing. Like my parents, uh, they just kind of got tired of trying to answer these <laughs> questions. And, and at the end of the day, like they knew I was always a curious kid about that stuff. So Curious and uh, with a great imagination, <laughs> self-taught. Um, and I think it's remarkable also because you're part of the team and you're responsible for uh, creating the Instagram story. Yeah, we'll yeah. Get, so We'll get into that in a minute, but yeah. I want to go back to home. Yeah. I want to go because your mom gave you the, the first money to finance your first app. Is yes. that true? So your yes, parents yes. were always supportive, of course. Yeah, well, Anything my to mom... get to get Michael to, to shut up. <laughs> yes, Bad pretty much. Michael. It was like, okay, look, you're playing your game. Uh, you want to make these games or what? I don't know what that is, but here you go. $100 that you need, you said you need for like Apple developer license or whatever. She didn't know what that meant. My parents didn't know what any of this meant. Um, but she said- I don't know what it means. No, it was just a license <laughs> so that I can publish the app on the app store. And my, uh, what was it? My uh, mom was like, okay, I'll give you the $100, but don't tell your dad about this because if he does know that I did this, he's going to kill me because we don't have any money left and like I don't know what we're going to do with this. And I told her I'd pay her back, but she obviously thought I was like kidding, right? Like She's like, okay, yeah, a 13-year-old is going to pay me back for the $100 I gave him to spend on the internet. Okay. And then, you know, the first check from Apple came in and it was $5,000. So I was like, okay, here's from your the money back. $100 that mom originally <laughs> gave you for the first 30 app, days later, there's, you, you know, $5,000. What so did mom say? She was, well, first she thought that I committed a crime. She was like, <laughs> <laughs> she was like, she was like uh, where did you get this money from? Like, very concerned. I was like, this is the app I was telling you I was making money. I told you I'd pay you back. She's like, no, this is serious, Michael. You really need to tell me, like, <laughs> Where did this money come from? <laughs> she's thinking she's gonna have to hand you up to the yeah, FBI or yeah, something. What yeah, did your dad she say? Was, oh, my dad! My dad was so confused because I remember telling him before the money came in that my apps had been hitting the top charts. I was telling him, "Look, look, they're in the top charts. Like this is amazing." I'd wake him up in the morning, and he'd turn around. He'd be like, "Ah, it's just bien, Michael. Like, just let me sleep. Let your mother sleep. Like, well, you know, that's nice. Go, go play with your games, you know." And uh, so he didn't understand it either. I think both of my parents were really shocked. Uh, you know, to realize that once the money started coming in, that this was a career. What's the first thing you bought with that big chunk of money? <laughs> well, first the first check? thing I wanted was an updated iPhone so I could like make more apps and uh, an updated computer so that I could, you know, use that to build them. And after that, I didn't really know what else I wanted. Like maybe an Xbox, but I didn't really play <laughs> Xbox. I was like, 
I guess not. Like I, I didn't really care for it. And so my parents at the same time were dealing with the recession and they they had like a small Peruvian chicken restaurant in Miami uh, back in the day. And it was struggling due to the recession. And so they were telling me like, hey, like um, we really could use the money. Can we just use the money for like, you know, all the bills? And so I, I was like, well, I don't know what I'm going to use it for. So sure, whatever. Again, you're how old when this happens? <laughs> At 13. <laughs> so I'm like, sure, use it, you know, why not? Um, and so they start using the money for those things. And, and then things start getting more challenging. The restaurant starts struggling. We start trying to pay for lawyers to help save our house. Um, that doesn't work. We end up uh, facing eviction. We end up getting evicted. I start getting more frustrated with them about like how we're spending money. I start having my own opinions about how it should be spent. And that I think those years, 14, 15 years old of just trying to negotiate with my parents around what to do with this money and also having the pressure of like building more and more apps that could make money to keep us afloat uh, was... I think part of the reason why I was able to get so good at understanding like the social dynamics of like how users mm -hmm. and people are on these apps all day. At what point during this process does Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> cross paths with you? How well, does that happen? So, okay. So the apps weren't making as much money at one point and I had to continue to reinvent the way that I made these things. Uh, it used to be where you could just make an app that cost like $2 and people would download it um, and buy it. Uh, today, that's not the case. And it wasn't after a few years. You needed to make free apps that had advertisements and in-app purchases and all kinds of subscription models and things like that to make more money. Um, and so I thought, I'm going to make a free game. I'm going to try and make a couple of free games. And those games are going to get a lot of users. And my plan is to get that noticed in Silicon Valley and maybe get acquired um, or get hired out of that. And that um, that would be my way out of it. Because I remember asking my mom for college, like, how much money is left? And I had made, like, a quarter million dollars up until that point. I was, like, 16. I told my mom that. And my mom's like, what money? I'm like, what do you mean what money? All the money that we have. Like, who manages this <laughs> yeah. money? You're, you're underage. My mom and my she dad. She has to exactly, go and open exactly. up the bank account for yeah. you. Yeah. So, so my mom's like, well, what money? Like, um... We spent it all. We needed to spend it. It was like the emergencies and the credit card payments and this and that. And, and I was like, are you, are you serious? Like, what am I going to do with college? And, and so that was really like a wake-up call for me to like make an app that was free and had all the users and I could just try and find an exit. And so I was lucky because as the app grew and became popular... Uh, that's when Zuckerberg had noticed the app in the top charts. It became like the number one word game on the app store for a while. I had a couple million users. It, it was incredible. And, and I mean, I got an email from Zuckerberg's team when I was in math class uh, <laughs> that he wanted to meet with me and fly me out to California. And I was like, what the hell? <laughs> what went through your mind? Yeah, no, I, I is honestly. That, is that where like the movie started for you? Well, I mean, yeah, well, it, kind of, because, you know, you have this like, side of of me where I'm like being filmed on TV but I didn't fully understand it. I was at an age where like I was like okay, like they're filming cuz I made this app, I get it, but I didn't think too much of it. I think it was once I got that email and um I remember passing my iPad over to my friend in the class and showing it to him like in shock. Uh, in the middle of class, I wasn't paying attention to anything the teacher was saying. <laughs> my friend looks over uh, and turns around to the whole class and he's like, Mark Zuckerberg wants to meet Michael. And everyone's like, what? Oh my God. And the whole class like just blows up, doesn't know what the fuck is happening. <laughs> and like my, what is it? My, um, <laughs> my teacher, he like looks over and like goes over to me and like takes away the iPad and straight up is like, no, you can't be doing this in my class. You need to pay attention. Like, I don't know what you're doing, but stop messing around. And I'm just sitting there thinking, I need to respond to this email. <laughs> like, if I don't respond, like, what's going to happen? Like, this is, I, I have to respond to Mark Zuckerberg. I was like, this is crazy. So, of course, the class goes by. I beg for my iPad back. And as soon as I'm walking out the door, I'm like, okay, I'm never coming back here ever again. Like, this is it. Like, I'm done. <laughs> and you never went back? No, and I never went back. I mean, yeah, I finished uh, the classes, of course, um, there, but within months after meeting with Zuckerberg and the whole deal, ended up starting to work at Facebook. And I actually didn't even graduate from high school. So I don't have my high school diploma or a college one. And I just kind of, I don't know. It just, Currently this right is my now, path. You don't, you no, don't I don't have, have anything. No, I don't have diploma, any of it. No. Not even a GED or it's a yeah, so it's, it's a risk to hire me. It's a risk. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a calculated risk, a very smart one. I think it's worth taking a... It's a calculated risk. Yeah, a yeah. good one. A safe, Definitely. a safe risk. Definitely. I set the bet on you. So you end up in Silicon Valley working for Mark Zuckerberg. You yeah. are the youngest employee at that time yeah. in probably all of Facebook's history. How was that 
uh, dealing with other adults and did, were they accepting or did they look <laughs> did they look down um, at you like what is this kid doing here? Well, it was I mean they were did accepting they for sure. They they kind of got it. I I will say though it was definitely weird for me because I think college is really useful for people to be able to like kind of make mistakes with other people their age together. It's kind of where you learn how to be an adult with people who are also learning how to be adults. Yeah. So you can all kind of mess up and figure things out. Right, right. But talking about figuring things out, there's people that go you do know that people go to college like for years <laughs> to study what you have mastered and learned on your own. Yes, uh, but I don't think uh, college is useful for that anymore, to be honest. I think college is more useful for the social skills. I think college and what you want to learn to like program or create things like computer science uh, stuff is really like something you can find on the internet. And I think like most people who are able to do that and teach themselves don't really gain a lot from spending a whole bunch of money uh, trying to go to a really expensive college for them to like teach them something that's going to be outdated in three years, right? So in terms of programming, I don't think college is very useful. But I will say in terms of uh, just the social skills of it, it certainly is. And like, that's the part that I thought mm -hmm. I missed out on the most because I was surrounded by people that were like in their 30s and 40s kind of being my manager parents and like teaching me how to, you know, be a good manager at Facebook and lead my team when I'm like this 18 year old who doesn't know how to drink a beer. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it's weird. Because <laughs> normally, uh, you know, somebody at a high school would then, you know, either further their education or going to the to the workforce, but you know, or you didn't, or most people go right into college. For you, it was straight into the workforce. Yeah, didn't even didn't even finish high school. You go right into the workforce, and you're like in, uh, you're like a a leader in yeah. in your industry. Yeah, I um, you know, within a few months of joining Facebook, uh, I had given a presentation to Zuckerberg and the other executives within the company around uh, this strategy to build out a team that was focused on the teenage demographic that I was a part of, and uh, they greenlit that project and allowed me to just start working on these teen products and solutions for my generation. It's and almost like you were like a guinea pig. Yeah, yeah. And in a sense, I was. And in another sense, I felt like I was kind of leading the company in a direction that they were too afraid to take themselves. Um, I remember I did these monthly talks at the company where over time, uh, thousands of employees would tune in from directors to designers, engineers, et cetera. They'd, they'd come and attend in person. We'd live stream and broadcast my talks across the company and all the offices around Facebook. And people at the company knew me as like the teen expert, basically, the one who knew everything about the generation and the demographic and what we were going to do. And I remember like at one point doing a talk around Snapchat and how we were going to compete and seeing like people in their 30s and 40s like sitting on the sidelines of this massive conference room because it had gotten so packed of people trying to watch what I was going to say and thinking to myself, I just made this presentation like last minute, <laughs> like three hours at like two in the morning last night because I procrastinate everything. And I ordered <laughs> You're a procrastinator like procrastinator on top of this? 100%. I'm a total mess. And like, and You're I had a this high school dropout <laughs> procrastinator. <laughs> All it's right. a total mess. It's a total mess. And I mean, on top of that, it's like I had just shoved like this massive like fettuccine Alfredo from Pizza Hut <laughs> okay. down my throat the day before. So I wasn't feeling all that great. But it's like that kind of experience was that was kind of what it was like. I had my hoverboard at Facebook. I'd zoom around. I'd fall on my face. Zuckerberg would see me. I'd pretend it wouldn't happen. It Just things like that would happen all over the place. It was, it how was is, weird. How is Mark Zuckerberg? I mean, he's a uh, he's definitely the most interesting person I've met because it's the hardest person to describe, in my opinion. I wouldn't say he's all that emotional, to be honest. And I think I remember watching The Social Network as a kid, the movie, and he's not at all like that. Like that movie just is so dramatic and it makes him look like emotionally incentivized to do things. And it's almost like the opposite. Like he's he's kind of the anti of that. Mm. Um, so much so that it's like, if they made a movie on like what he actually would be like, I'm pretty sure that movie would be very boring. Um. <laughs> you ever think that uh, in the future there's probably going to be uh, an App Kid movie? A uh, story well. of Michael Seaman. <laughs> Weirdly enough, they're already talking about that with the publisher. They're looking at a couple of production companies. I think Jennifer Lopez's studio and a couple others are, are looking at it right now and trying to figure out what exactly to do. Um, which is weird to me because I don't know like what they're going to do, but I can kind of see it. Like my life feels like a tragic comedy. So why not? You know, like, <laughs> so we'll see if it becomes a series or a movie. I think they're figuring it out. Hola. 
My name is. Hola, my name is. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings. The best things in life, they come in twos. Two scoops of ice cream, two tacos. And now for a limited time, get our best deal of the year. Buy any phone when you switch to Consumer Cellular and get two months of service free. That's right, the same fast, reliable nationwide coverage as Big Wireless, now with two months free. Proof the best things in life really do come in twos. Visit ConsumerCellular.com or call 1-888-FREEDOM. Second and third month of monthly base service fee waived for new customers with the purchase of a phone and activation by July 31st, 2024. Taxes, fees, and third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Hola, my name is. Hola, my name is. While at Facebook, yeah, you are hired to lead the team to develop uh, or to better something yeah. that Snapchat had. Yeah. And that we now know as, and thank you because because <laughs> of your success and leading that successful team, you while you were at uh, Facebook, you helped develop the Instagram stories that yeah. we are all addicted to. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, my friend. Well, you're welcome. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> to be honest, it, it was one of these things where, like, as a whole, the strategy for the demographic was how do we build products or features that resonate with them in a way that reflects how they use social media and their phones. Um, I remember talking about it with them and sharing how, like, my friends – viewed the camera as a way to share what they were up to when Facebook at the time was focused on putting like with your keyboard your status update via text and that's just not how we shared so we needed to find ways to make features where people could feel like they could share the way that they compose content or the way they capture the moments in their life and and so we looked at examples of apps like Snapchat and other there were other Chinese apps as well that were doing things like stories and we thought okay like, this seems to be providing some real-world value. And at the time, I think there was a little bit of fear within Facebook that if we just started to grab these features from other places and incorporating them into Facebook, it would lose, like, the essence of what Instagram was. Because Instagram was, like, this fancy app where you'd only post once a month and you only post the best quality content. And there was a lot of, like, discussions around, like, should we do that? Should we not? And I was like, look, if you don't do this, I don't know what's going to happen, but my friends are going to be using Instagram soon enough. We're posting once a month, once every three months. Uh, you know, we got to do something. So I definitely was the type of person that hit the red button all the time and, and sound the alarm within the company uh, to the point where I've had conversations with executives that are like, look, we can't just keep sounding the alarm because people are going to get scared. But, you know, let's let's uh, let's figure out a way to do this. And, and we did it and, and we launched it. Um, and it worked really well, surprisingly. Um, I thought it would do well. I'm not going to lie. But I didn't think one in every seven people on the planet would be using this every month. Like, <laughs> it's nuts. <laughs> it's remarkable. You end up then going to Google. Yeah. Is Mark Zuckerberg upset at you when that happens? <laughs> well, I, I think it's kind of like, <laughs> this is going to sound really weird, but I grew up at Facebook. Like, yeah. like I'm just these... curious, did he, did he send you like a text with like the middle finger emoji <laughs> on your left or something? <laughs> no, I mean, what's funny is like him and I had an interesting relationship because he, he and I would kind of message each other on Facebook talking about like some of the up and coming apps and, and whether or not they were good or not or useful for us to take a look at. And if I found something interesting, I'd, I'd share it with him. And then I remember him and I would uh, start Snapchatting because he wanted to kind of get a sense of what Snapchat was like. So you are Snapchatting <laughs> with Mark Zuckerberg yeah, because he wants to know what the experience is yeah, like. Yeah. And he kind of wants to know what it's like. And okay. I'm just like, okay, like I'm kind of the socially awkward kid of my group. So like, I don't know if he's going to learn a lot from me, but I'm just going to pretend like I know what I'm doing. Right. So like, I'm just like, oh, like this is a weird snap. This is, you just snap like this and he'll send me like the funniest things. And, and so anyway, so I, that was kind of the relationship I had with him. And I remember like 
throughout my time at Facebook, even the chief marketing officer and and some of the other executives, like they kind of raised me. It's weird. Like I feel like my parents, in a sense, uh, you know, when I left to California when I was 17, I lived on my own. So the people at Facebook were really kind of my parents and they taught me how to drink alcohol. They, they bought me the first things that I needed to like become an adult. And it was so weird. And so I think a lot of the time when I talk or how I even think is almost like this managerial style that they just kind of went with. And, uh, and I just kind of mimic because I, that's kind of the example. And so, you know, after a few years of being at Facebook and we launched stories and it's doing really well, um, for me, I remember getting reached out to from Google and that they wanted me to work on virtual reality and artificial intelligence and, and a couple other things there that were really cool. And it was almost like, I didn't want to say bye. It was like leaving home. I was like, no. And, <laughs> and like, it's so strange because this is like a corporation, right? right like, what right. am I doing? You know, like they're not my parents, but they fed me and they washed my clothes and they did all the things that, you know, the tech companies do. And so there's a lot of weird family vibes. Um, was it odd though? Because they yeah. were the same age group. Well, of you course. You looked up to them. Yeah, I looked at, they were kind of like parents. They weren't really like, you know, they weren't like my siblings. Like I didn't feel like that, right? So like, it was an odd situation. And, and of course, when I end up going to Google, um, at that point, I think I, I kind of looked at it like I needed to expand my horizons. You know, like those kids that they, they're like, now I'm going to go out to a different city and like get a job out there. And it's the first time I'm going I to leave. another country. Yeah, I'm you're going gonna to explore. You're going to see. I'm yeah, so that, go was, to that was me. Paris. I was like, I'm going to go to Google to like expand okay. my horizon, right? Like, <laughs> really weird. And, and so that's when I started working at Google. And I spent another four years at, at Google at that point, too. Who paid better, Google or Facebook? <laughs> well, I'm I'm a pretty good negotiator, and in the book I talk about that I, I doubled my salary. To yeah, go and to of Google. course, yeah, yeah. And you taught that years to your that was self taught. Of yeah, course. yeah. I think my rule is you know double your salary every time you make a hop. <laughs> I gotta I gotta put, I gotta put that into play. Let's talk about apps for a moment. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, you mentioned AI a little while yeah, ago. Yeah. Are our phones listening to us? <laughs> yes and no. Um, Every time we ha- we're having this conversation, <laughs> and you know, we could be talking about yeah. popcorn. Yeah, and in thirty in thirty seconds, popcorn's yeah. going to come up on my yeah. phone on my Instagram feed. So, so it's Why? a mix of things. Well, is that Mark Zuckerberg sitting there? <laughs> listening yeah, himself? Mark Zuckerberg is totally just you know listening to everything and just uh-huh. writing it all down, and then you know that's how he makes his money. You know? <laughs> I no. figured such. I figured such. <laughs> yeah, no, of course. Have you seen? No. <laughs> Um, no, so so really, it, it's it's a little bit of a mix of the two. Um, there are things that are listened to, like for example, when you go and say, you know, the Siri command or the Google command or the Alexa command, like it will certainly listen to what you say and it'll upload that and, and use that and translate it and understand it. Um, but it's it's a little bit uh, more complicated. Uh, what actually happens is um, the AIs that these companies use the algorithms that they use to determine what ads to surface to you or what content you might be interested in is actually like a mini like observer of you like a like a relative of you that just notices when you slightly pause when you look at a video and take a maybe an extra second or millisecond longer to swipe it notices when you tap the like button and how long after you started watching did you tap it it notices all of these things and it learns by itself the habits of a user. So it starts to kind of create um, a sample brain of your brain, right? So like it kind of like tries to predict what you're going to do next and what your subconscious is going to make you do in terms of how long you're going to take to look at something. So that's beyond like listening to you. Like that's way more advanced. Right. So it's like a certain picture. They know that this might trigger you to call your mom, for example, if you see some flowers or... Or like it, it will it will understand what you're thinking about as you look at things Got and it. then will start to know what you're going to think next because it's creating a replica of you. So like you've ever had that moment with your family where, you know, you have a sibling that really knows you and you live together and uh, that sibling ends up thinking the same thing that you do um, in that moment, right? You've had that where like your friend just kind of knows what you're going to say. Or you uh, actually blur out and say the exact same thing. And at you the same, say the same thing at the same right. time, right? And yeah, and you're like, wow, like, you know, like, what happened? Like, we must know each other really well. So like, that's kind of what's happening with these computers where they have this same I, mental model that you do. So when you think about something and maybe you tell your friend about it or whatever you're thinking about, you know, buying one thing or another, it already knows that 
you were going to think that. And it's not always right, but it's getting better. Um, and this is how we know that there's stories of like of Target advertising for right. like, you know, pregnancy products for a woman who didn't know she was pregnant. Like yeah, <laughs> things yeah. like that. So you said it's getting better. Yes. AI is getting better. Is that getting better for I'm not talking the, about the a moral companies? better. This, right. this is not a moral good or bad, right? This is better as in they're getting better at mimicking you. But is that good or bad oh. for <laughs> us as a, humans? It's a totally different question. And if you ask me, I think we have to be super careful with this stuff. I, I'm what's afraid the of it. What's the danger of it? Well, the biggest Why danger- Why are you afraid of it? Because we have no control, right? Like we don't run the world anymore. Um, the biggest example I would give of this is uh, the algorithms- once they were used to determine what news we get and what we know about the world, now every information, every piece of information that you have in your head has been decided by an algorithm that nobody knows how they work. So algorithms aren't just built by a programmer. They are self-taught. So over time, they evolve, and not one individual person can fully understand how it works. Um, and they're kind of trade secrets by these companies, and they're very valuable, and so they're kind of like self-taught computers, which is dangerous in itself. Uh, but the challenge is when they decide, when these algorithms that nobody really controls decides what information you see, you now, what you are, who you are, and your opinions and beliefs are under the control of an algorithm. Um, and everybody's are. And so then you say, oh, but I'm not going to use, you know, social media to read the news. I'm going to use, you know, I'm going to go to TV and I'm going to watch a news anchor say it. But the TV networks now have to cater to the news stories that are trending on social media. So the entire world right now is being run by these algorithms. So, so that's what scares me about it is we're at a point where all of the conversations that we have are have already been decided by these ranking algorithms that have kind of led us in, in, in this direction. And to be fair, it's not just the algorithms that did this. It's, a, it's almost like a symbiotic relationship. Like both the AI and us have contributed to each other. They try to mimic us and understand us and give us what we want. And we react to certain things and it learns more of what it wants, right? So, so there's this weird dynamic between the two of us where they've slowly, the AIs have grown and grown in influence and we've kind of shrunken down. Um, Prices for airline tickets are determined by an AI. Uh, hotel prices are determined by an AI. The stock market is just AIs trading with AIs. Like mm -hmm. humans aren't really doing much of any of it, right? So like it's it's uh, it's really interesting and and kind of terrifying if you ask me. Do you trust an Uber driver or a <laughs> self-driving Tesla more? Well, okay. the The thing with a question like that is AI, like I said, is really good at doing this stuff. So. We can talk about like the morality of it. And I certainly think like there's a lot of this that's like, you know, good and bad there, but they're really good at doing this stuff. So, so there's like specific tasks, for example, like driving, where if you give AI and, and these computer algorithms enough data to work with, and Tesla's doing this, for example, every car that has the self-driving is feeding data to a singular like AI entity that will then kind of multiply itself to all the vehicles. So any driver is like adding more information to the one AI driver that drives all the cars. And so what that means is like the amount of information that AI has to decide how to learn how to drive is millions of times more data than any individual person can have. So what we've seen is already in the data, like, and the results, the statistics of the self-driving vehicles is that Tesla's self-driving cars are significantly more safe than any human driving, you know, on average. The number of deaths, the number of accidents per mile driven are significantly lower on those self-driving cars. And they're not even great yet. Like, so they're just the, getting started. The dangerous part is what, Well, hacking? the dangerous part is hacking, right? Like, the dangerous part here is, and it's hacking and it's the, the ethical questions of who's responsible when an AI uh, has to make a decision around, you know, like, a very particular scenario, but let's say an AI has to make a decision around making a turn or not in an accident, freak accident moment where it has to decide whether or not to save the life of the passenger or save the life of the person on the street. If it makes a turn, it kills the passenger, but saves the person on the street. If it doesn't, you know, it, it saves the person in the car, but kills the person on the street. A decision like that, that an AI needs to make, who's responsible for the death at that point? And who is held accountable? So those ethical questions, I think, are going to be the toughest to solve. 
You mentioned accountability, and there's been a lot of attention, specifically with some of your old companies that you worked for. Yeah, Facebook in particular, definitely about mental health. Yeah, especially with, with for humans, period, yeah. but specifically for for young people, and oh, yeah. you know the, the damaging effects oh, of yeah. of social media. How do you feel um, with with all this? And do yeah. you feel to a certain with all due respect, do you feel a certain sense of responsibility maybe? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, I, I think if anything, what I've realized from all the social media stuff is like, these things are like games. They're like video games. Uh, you have a score, right? Your number of followers, your number of likes. Um, you have like different levels that you can get to by having more brand deals or whatever. Like they're literally like video games, um, but games about your life. Um, and the challenge here is the game is based on how good you can get other people to like what you're doing. Like it's, it's challenging and I personally don't think it's very healthy. I think part of the reason why we started exploring things like stories and for me, I was so adamant about it was because it shouldn't be about likes. It shouldn't be about whether or not the person, you know, loves what you're doing right now. Like if you want to share what you're up to with your friends, you shouldn't have to feel this pressure of, oh, this person didn't like what I posted. They must not be into it or it must not be good enough. And and so for me, I, I get worried because I think a lot of these social media companies are looking at data and they're seeing how people are reacting to the algorithm, the algorithms ranking the content and they're seeing that people don't feel good about it. And for me... The solution, in my opinion, is find places where these algorithms are ranking content to make someone feel bad and put a stop to it. Just find a way to cut it out. Now, there's definitely opportunities for making revenue and, and you know, making money that don't involve doing that. So I, I can already see them making changes in that direction. I, I look at TikTok as an example of a product where the algorithm has done things a little differently, uh, where you no longer have like the same sense as Instagram. And you notice like when you go on the Instagram Explore page, how different that is from the algorithm maybe when you go on Reddit or when you go on Twitter and like the types of content and the types of emotions that it makes you feel. So to be honest, I think there's a lot that can be done. I'm not surprised that that's where it is. I think Instagram has always been a product about showing the fanciest version of you. And when we talk about algorithms, that's the danger with them is they accelerate everything. Like, okay, it's an app where you can post the best photo of you. You add an algorithm now. Now everyone feels depressed because the only photos they see are of the most attractive, best people in the world, and they're nowhere near them. And so, like, the algorithm learns those things. And the problem as well is a lot of the effects that these algorithms have on people take place years after they decide on the rules that they set for the algorithm. And, you know, when you have the years of separation there, you end up with a situation where ultimately there's harder accountability to be had. Because if you're a product manager that releases a feature that two years later has this terrible effect on a demographic, how is the company going to go back in time and update your performance review and say, oh, your product had this influence three years later? or this decision you made, right? And how do they even know which feature or which yeah. change influenced it? It's, it's really hard. Knowing that influence, for good or for bad, yeah. that social media has on our lives, what's next? How do you <laughs> see what's next for social media in five years, and 10 years? Yeah, well, I think the, the silver lining to all of this is that social media is very easy to just go from one app to the other. So like, uh, the example of TikTok is great. Like people feel better on TikTok than they do on Facebook. They just stop using Facebook. They just go to TikTok. And all of a sudden, Facebook's numbers start going down and then they start trying to figure out how to solve that, right? Um, that I think is great about it. I, you know, I worry about some other tech companies where their ecosystems aren't so easy to leave. Like I would actually say Facebook is probably one of those companies where like if you don't want to use their product, you just don't. You just go use another app, right? And there's like dozens of apps that do the same thing. Um, whereas other platforms, if you wanted to leave, it's a lot harder. You, you're tied to the hardware. You're tied to certain things. And so I think the future of this really kind of comes down to the nature of how these companies have to keep growing and what they need to do to keep growing, which boils down to making sure that the user feels good about what they're doing on the platform over the long term. The moment that users start feeling bad about it, the moment users start feeling like this isn't healthy and, and they don't enjoy it anymore, they just start looking for opportunities to use other platforms that make them feel better. And so I just hope that as Facebook starts looking more into 
the effects that are happening to people on their platform via the ranking algorithms that they start finding ways to make people feel better and eliminating those pain points. Because if they don't, I simply think they're going to be replaced. Hola, my name is. Hola, my name is. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those, too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant. Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Hola, my name is. My name is. Hola, my name is. My name is. Talking about eliminating um, Facebook, Twitter. Other platforms have felt it necessary to censor certain people. Yeah. And it's a fine line. Some people think that that's an infringement on mm-hmm. First, First Amendment rights and freedom mm-hmm. of, of, of speech. Other people mm-hmm. think that, you know, hate, hate yeah. or uh, anything that's uh, inciting people to, yep. to, to create uh, uh, misinformation has been censored, yep. of course, through, the, through COVID. Yeah, yeah. That's been very confusing. Um, but for violent acts as well, a lot of politicians. Yeah have been censored as well on, yep. on social media. Do yep. you agree with that censorship? Do you think that certain things or certain conversations uh, should be uh, censored? Yeah, well, there's there's two things for me that I think in that, that come to mind. The first is nobody in our government knows how any of this stuff works. Like, nobody. Like, I see the hearings where they do with Zuckerberg and with the others, and the questions that they ask, I'm just like, these are the people that are going to decide like how these social media platforms are going to be regulated. That these scares you the, even more. The yeah, fact that I'm they like, don't know. I'm like, these are the people who are going to decide like what my generation is going to like grow up with, like, and how we're going to have like a safe environment. Like, I don't feel safe leaving, you know, the social media decisions in the hands of people who don't know the difference between WhatsApp and email. Like, that's a question that I think is is just kind of obvious uh, to so many people in the world. And so the first thing that I think needs to happen right off the bat is there needs to be more education around the subject for the youngest kids out there. I think like all of us should be taught in school how programming works, how algorithms work, because they run the world. Like they are the masters right now. And and none of us know how they work. And so the less people that know how these computers work, the more power rests in the handful of like the few people that actually know what they're doing. Right. And so I think like the way to counter it is have more people understand it. And then when those people get old enough to be in power and be in Congress, they can help us regulate these things and come up with solutions that make sense. Uh, so that's the first thing. I think the other thing regarding um, regarding the censorship of it all is what are these algorithms being trained to do right now? They're not being trained to give you information that's accurate. They're, because to be honest, 
a lot of things lie on spectrums. There are people who may tell you the truth, but may give you it with like a hint of some indication to make you feel like the story is about something else. And so if you look at every word they say, it's technically true. But when you put it together, it can make a lot of people think something different. And so how do you handle that? Like, what is the solution? That to those manipulation things, right? is very real. It's so easy to do it. And, and so, so that problem, I think, is there's no clear line, right? So, so that gets slippery. And then I think the other problem with it as well is like the algorithms are trained to make people watch content. It's about watch time. So it's like, how do you get more people to watch more videos? And the algorithms will promote content that a person is willing to watch, right? And so if that's the guidance that's being used, and it doesn't matter if it's a content that the person likes or even enjoys or makes them feel good or bad or whatever, and it's just, are they willing to watch it? You end up with people watching things that make them feel bad, but they're addicted to it because they can't stop because maybe they're depressed. Mm. And that works well. And the algorithm keeps feeding that. Or you have people that are really into some conspiracy and the algorithm keeps feeding it because they keep watching. And, and so when you look at the way the algorithms are designed right now, and then on top of that, you look at the way that we're deciding, you know, what the line is of truth and false and, and the complexity of that. And uh, you add on top of that a bunch of incompetent people who have no idea how these algorithms even work yeah. trying to decide what to do, making us look kind of silly and, and, you know, in front of these tech giants when they try and question them in hearings. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know what the solution is. Where do you even start, you know? What would you tell somebody like, that has an addiction to, to an app, a social yeah, media app, yeah. that wants to disconnect but can't do so? Honestly, and, and this is, there is, a way to this, do is it? this is what works for me, and I don't know if it works for everybody else, but this is what works for me, is as I started to understand how they work, and I started to understand how these things are designed, mm. it kind of kills it for me. Because I'm like, okay, well, this is being shown to me because it thinks that I'm going to watch this, and it knows that I'm going to watch this. So, like, I get it. Like, if I hit like on this thing, then it's going to give me... So, like, you start to understand it more, and you're like, oh, well, whatever. The same thing with, like, some video games. My it's, sister like G. Will play. it's like G.I. Joe. Yeah, yeah. Knowing is half the battle. Yeah. So and once yeah. you know this Once you understand secret, it, it's like, oh. it kind of kills the effect that it has. And I'll, I'll give you an explanation. My sister had It's like watching a movie, game. but you've seen the end already. You know yeah, what's going to yeah. happen. Yeah, yeah. Like, my sister had a game on her phone that was, like, I think it was called, like, 1024 or something like that, where you, like, swipe around these numbers, and you have to add them up. And is that like one this, that you created, too? No, 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 oh. no, no. Um, but you have to swipe around these numbers, right? And every time you make a swipe, it gives you a random new number to try and fit into the puzzle, right? So it's random. Um, and so my sister's playing this game and she's addicted to it. And she's like, I'm so close. I had this high score that I had like two years ago and I'm every time I get so close to it and then I, I can't win, I gotta keep going. And I tell her, well, does the game have a random aspect? How does it work? And she's like, well, you know, every time I swipe and make a move, it gives me a random card to try and fit in. And I'm like, that's not random. She's like, what do you mean it's not random? I'm like, it's not. It's designed to give you the type of number or piece that you need for the game that's designed to make you feel just good enough to play, but not good enough to stop playing. And so you're probably never going to hit your high score. Did you update your app? She's like, yeah, I updated it. I'm like, I'm sure they adjusted the algorithm too to like make it a little bit harder for you to hit that. So you might never hit your high score. And this game is literally designed to keep you playing without ever, ever actually winning, without feeling fully satisfied. If not, they would have no business. Right. As she understood this, as she realized that it was no longer random, it no longer made the game fun. I hope everybody that's addicted to uh, to slot <laughs> machines <Yeah>. understand, <laughs> especially the, 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 the newer ones with yeah. the AI, yeah, this yeah. is how these things work. Yes, exactly. It's and not if, because you no. lit a candle or, or no. you, you know, le saliste una velita a un santo. Yes. Or you prayed to God yep. that you'd, you know, you'd, you'd hit yep. it big in the slot machine. It's AI. Yeah, exactly. And if you can understand it, and once my sister knew that, and she knew that it wasn't being random anymore. She stopped playing? She stopped playing. Because what's the point? She knows it's trying to trick her into thinking she's going to win and then make her lose. And, and, and that's really kind of part of the key, I think. At least that's what works for me. Talking about tricks. How, how we talked about hacking. Yep. How easy or difficult is it to... Hack a phone. Identity well, theft. Yeah. Is that something that most people should be concerned about? Uh, well, what I would say, honestly, is like, it's not necessarily about hacking the phone. I think like the idea of bypassing some security is not very common. I think more easily what ends up happening is people get tricked 
into logging into websites that they think are Facebook or they think are Google, and they're actually not a login for Google. They're like a login for a page that looks like Google, mm. and then you enter your information and they have it. You're screwed. Right? And, and one of the common tricks that happens is they'll log in, like they'll get your login information, they'll log into your account, and then they will message your friends asking for money on your behalf. Good or right? bad so, idea to pay that money, that <laughs> ransom. That's a big deal down no, too. No, 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 definitely big don't. No, definitely don't. I, I think you, everyone has to be careful with the internet. And this is the assumption that I made since I was a kid, that everything that since you, you were post a kid, on- no, Yeah, two weeks ago. No, yeah, well, two weeks ago and forever. I don't think I'm ever going to age. <laughs> you are the app kid. <laughs> but, you know, since I was like There's 14, probably an app for that. You, you yeah, probably, you, if it doesn't exist, you'd invent it. It's like I'm Peter Pan I'm just going to invent an app so that I don't age. <laughs> Yeah, I need to figure out the way uh, the other way around. I but need an we'll extra see. couple million dollars. Let me yeah, come up let with me this find app. out what this. Yeah, no, 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 no. I mean, and then we give it to an AI. Oh my God, what happens <laughs> at that? I don't know. Um, but <laughs> but I mean, in terms of in terms of this uh, this question that you're asking about right here, I think the the problem is more so since I was like 13, I knew this. Anything you put on the internet, regardless of how private it is, regard and this is what they taught us at Facebook and Google when we joined the company too. It's like, it doesn't matter where you store it. It doesn't matter how secure you want it to be. It doesn't matter if you put it on some device that's locked away, it's a separate password. It doesn't matter. The point is, if you put it and it's connected to the internet, it's on the internet and someone can get it. Like someone will find it if they want to. Like it is not that hard. And so- for example, there's like these celebrities that just take nudes and they think, oh, I'm using Snapchat, right? So like if I'm using Snapchat, it'll disappear. That's not true. The information is still there. It doesn't actually get deleted. Even like on WhatsApp where you have those encrypted codes where it's supposed well, to be from one phone to another? Uh, with encryption, it's a little different. So with encryption, things are much more secure. And you would need like some quantum computer to like unencrypt a lot of these things. It's so more difficult, but not impossible. It's more difficult, but it won't be impossible in the future. So mm-hmm. my assumption would be that like just... I wouldn't, if you don't want people to know what you're going to say, if you want to have a truly private conversation, cover your laptop with like tape on the laptop, you know, cover your cameras up and throw those things away and go away from them and then have your conversation. Because if not, it's not really private. And, you know, I think my generation kind of grew up with this idea that we don't have that kind of privacy anyway. So like the... The only silver lining to this, and honestly, it's not a good one, but it's it's the outcome, is that there is so much data out there. All of our you know, personal information mm-hmm. is out on the internet, pretty much hacked. So many data breaches from Equifax and you know, all the uh, different credit agencies too have happened over the years, airlines, whatever, that all that information that's out there, ultimately, it just is noise. So like, unless you're someone who's very prominent and they're trying to look for you and trying to find your information, most of the time, no one's going to really find your stuff and do anything with it. And you just got to be hopeful that you're the lucky one out of the millions and millions of people's data that they just don't grab your stuff and do something with it. Um, I'm worried now. Yeah, well, I would say freeze your credit. First of all, it should always be frozen. That never, works. Never have it unfrozen. And if you want to get a credit score check, just unfreeze and then refreeze it. Um, but ultimately, the way I would approach this is... Just assume your data is out there. Assume everything you've ever posted on the internet is out there and can be posted. This is very scary. So yeah. basically I'm looking into the future and I'm thinking that uh, eventually it's going to happen that every presidential candidate <laughs> will somewhere yeah. out there it will there will be a dick pic that will surface. Yeah, hundred percent. I well, and then I mean, we're going to be picking presidents according to well, the size of their dicks. I think you're going to have to just get used to it, right? Because like the reality <laughs> is. <laughs> The reality is once you get to like, what, the 2030s, I don't think there's going to be anyone who was born before this stuff running for president. You get to like 2030s, 2040s, that's when you really start saying, oh, my grandparents dick pic or whatever. You know, like that's what you know, it was posted on the Internet when, you know, they ran for the, the local government and they leaked. Um, and oh, the reality man. is like, yeah, there are so many people using these social media platforms and they think it's safe. And it's not like we're just going to have to accept the fact right. that after like 2050, every one of our presidents is going to have a sex, you know, like some sex tape or dick pic or something out there. So for everyone listening and watching right now, uh, that uh, it's getting freaky tonight (laughs) and their boyfriend or girlfriend wants to videotape. Yeah. You know, that hot moment. (laughs) Would you tell them not to do that? I honestly, I think the only, the only way you want to be really safe about this, if you really want to do that, is like use a camera that was invented in like 
the 70s or 80s that is incompatible with, the VHS with tape? something like that but but you know even then you can just grab another phone and record the video over some playback and now it's on the internet so just if don't you do don't, it. certain moments that are they're just meant to be private uh, well that's the problem is like we don't live in a world where you have a choice to do that it's like you know how like in the past people wanted to call their friend without having to use a landline and you know mobile phones didn't exist so you didn't have the choice you could either meet them in person or call them on a landline so like today in today's world you think oh we just keep adding more things no we've removed one right there used to be a world where you could record something and it would stay between you guys right and the reality is that device that product no longer exists if you choose to record something it is potentially going to be on the internet and there is no safety or security away from that and if you don't record it that's the only way that you can be sure of it like that's that's the world we live in there's no in between talking about thinking th- keeping things private you decided to uh come out yeah publicly yeah and <laughs> i figured it'd get out anyway no <laughs> <laughs> you figured eventually someone was gonna know eventually i mean <laughs> but you did it on your own yeah your own time yeah yeah which I, is important yeah i mean i also didn't really understand myself for a while so like i was like overweight when i was a kid and i thought to myself oh maybe i just don't like girls because i'm overweight like once i lose weight then it'll i don't know you know people in so denial. you lost weight and you still yeah. didn't like the and girls the AI and said, okay. started telling me, no. Uh, <laughs> um, no, 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 no. So I lost you were, weight. You were spending too much time <laughs> pausing Social media those was like, videos oh, yeah, with the shirtless like, guys. Oh, I know which one. No. I get it. So like obviously the AI knows more than I do. But yeah. th- at that time, that's not the case. Um, but yeah, I, I was I had just graduated. Well, graduated. Um, and I went to Facebook. And I think once I started losing weight, I started going out with girls. And then I realized like, wait, um, I'm really like friendly with them, but I don't, I'm not really trying anything else. And I was like, well, I mean, maybe I just, I don't know what I'm doing. Maybe I need to get a haircut. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> like, I just, I didn't know what to do. And eventually, like I was on the dating apps and I was like, well, what if I just turn on for guys to just, just to see, you know, what my competition is or whatever, you know, just not realizing that that's not how that freaking thing works. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like whatever, you know? So I have both of them on and then I don't swipe right on any guys, just on girls, right? Okay. And then eventually I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to swipe right, but I'm not going to message them. I'm just going to swipe right just to see. Just to see what know? happens. Just to see what happens, right? And then eventually, you know, a few years later, I'm like, all right, fuck it. Like, <laughs> and then you started swiping just, right along. I, I just turn off the girls and it's never again. And I'm like, oh, it was good while it lasted, you know? That's, how, that's, that's kind of my process. And I said, sent a message on Messenger to my family about it. And they were like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> So you came out to your family on Messenger? On Messenger. To I was your like, mom I don't and dad? It wasn't yeah. even in person? wasn't even in person. I was Figures, in California. App kid would come I was, out I was, to his parents. Through an app. <laughs> through an app. <laughs> that I worked on. Yeah. Were they supportive? Like, yeah, well, I mean, to be honest, for like two weeks, they didn't, they didn't talk to me, right? Like for two weeks, they were like, no. Um, and they were shocked and my mom was shocked about it or whatever. But um, that's kind of the Hispanic culture. Like they're not really mm-hmm. into that. Um and at the end of the day, I think my mom realized, like, you know, wh- what are you going to do? <laughs> like, I can't change it, right? And plus, they've been super supportive since then. I think it took her a couple weeks to, like, get over the shock of it. But then afterwards, she was like, ah, whatever. And, I mean, frankly, I don't try to make it, like, everything about myself. Like, it's an aspect of who I am, but so is, like, my skin color and, like, you know, like, my favorite color or sure. whatever. Like, there, there's just, like, things about me. And I just don't think, like, that's... You know, it's whatever. It's it's a part of it. It was a struggle for sure. It was hard because I felt like, oh shit, like, you know, what does this mean? And I I study like social psychology for all the the products that I build. So like, I started using that on myself to try and understand what's going yeah. on with me. And and some of those thoughts are are not pretty. They're not you know yeah. they're not good. Yeah, your sexual orientation doesn't determine your your character. You know, and it's very no, no, no. very simple. A lot of people have such a complicated thing with this. Yeah, like yeah. Some yeah. people like their Cuban sandwich with mustard, and some people like it without yeah, mustard. Yeah, yeah, and like and, you know, whatever. You know. Like I, the way I see it is like I support rights to make sure that everyone has like equal opportunities, and that's kind of how I see it. And yeah, and like ultimately for me, it's like. I just love working on these products. I love working on apps. I love building games. I I love understanding all the tech stuff. And to the extent that that's what I do, that's great. And then if I can serve as an example for others in, you know, the uh, gay community or like uh, Latino community or wherever that feel like they can do it too, um, that's awesome too. Although I don't like using the word role model because I feel like role model isn't isn't very accurate um, to... 
I think like role model puts an assumption that the person's doing something good when the reality is like my life is filled with mistakes. So I kind of treat it more like I'm just an example and they can look at me as one of many examples that they look at and just learn the good and the bad of all the examples that they have of how lives have been lived and maybe make their own path from that. Right. Um, I also, I'm not a fan of having role models in general, but whatever. That's a great point. <laughs> you know, I have a very similar story with me in the sense that I felt a, a very certain uh, sense of responsibility when I came out mm-hmm. that, because uh, when I was in middle school and in, in high school trying to figure myself out, I didn't have that role model or someone yeah. to look up to or someone to compare to. So I felt that it was kind of like a responsibility, uh, you know, having a platform yeah. and, and having followers and radio programs and people that watch and listen mm-hmm. to kind of, you know, to, to be there again, not as a role model yeah. because it's like, again, we're not perfect. No, as an example, um, but as an example, as a way North and say, okay, this, you know, uh, and especially in a world where we live in the, with so many labels, right? Where everybody yeah. has to have a label. Yeah. And I think, I think we, fit in a we box. make a big mistake. None of us really fit in any of the boxes. Uh, well, so, my friend, you, you didn't fit in. And I don't think you're looking to fit in. No. And I think you're looking <laughs> to stand out. And uh, you're, you're amazing. You're fascinating. I appreciate it. Michael Samen, his book is called App Kid, How a Child of Immigrants Grabbed the Peace of the American Dream. Keep living, living that American dream, my friend. All the best. Keep representing us uh, Latinos and immigrants in a very dignified way, the way you're doing it. Palante, we need, we need to come up with another app. As a matter of fact, <laughs> we got You know, there's a guy on Tinder uh-huh. that uses my picture. <laughs> I'll figure out we can come up with an app to like blow up his phone or something. He's getting they hacked you, man. They hacked you. They hacked with you. My, I don't know they if he shows up you. at night with like an low light. You know, <laughs> does it look like me? He takes my pictures off of Instagram every now and then. It happens to be on plenty, plenty of fish as well, and it happens on Grinder every now and then too. People use my picture. They hack you. There's more attractive people than me. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, the app kid. Hola, my name is. My name is. Hola, my name is. My name is. My name is. My name is. Professional wrestling, like real life, is full of surprises. Hi everyone, it's Freddie Prince Jr. And it's no surprise I can talk wrestling all day, any day. Kind of like how State Farm agents can talk insurance and help you choose the right coverage. When it comes to important insurance decisions, let State Farm support you with the coverage you need backed with 24-7 support. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hay dos cosas que son absolutamente ciertas. Abuelita te ama y nunca diría que no a McDonald's. Date un gusto con un Grandma McFlurry en tu orden hoy. Es lo que abuela quisiera. Baratapapa. En McDonald's participantes por tiempo limitado. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.